0: This city's sleeping by the
1: ocean. There's only me on when the sun goes down. all right, we're gonna we're gonna dive in here. Uh, what's up everyone? Welcome to the Husband and Wife Talk Podcast. My name is Corey. My
0: name is Alex. And today we
1: have one of my very best good friends in the entire world, Chantry Grant Johnson. What is up, my dude? Oh, not much, man. It's good to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, we've been uh, wanting to do this for a long time. You and I chatted the other day. I think we both do this thing where, where, like, we both have some time to kill. And then it's like, I'm gonna have a 45-minute conversation with Chance because Mm -hmm. I can and I have some time. So you called me and I was like... Yes, dude. Um, You're doing a lot of really cool things, but before we get into that, we're going to do a segment. We always do Wednesday Wisdom. Mm. Uh, So who wants to go first?
0: I can go first. Go first.
1: Yeah, I want to see how you guys do it. Go ahead. Uh, Okay, (laughs) okay.
0: Um, So I was at my yoga studio, and a friend of mine came to take my class, and after class, she just showered me with so many compliments of how great of a teacher I am and how she just kept telling me like how talented I was and it was really sweet and I walked away from the conversation like oh my gosh man I feel so good this is so great and then later in the day um, another student found out some information about Corey and I um, that we've been together for so long and I was showing her pictures and we have a podcast and she just kept saying you're so cool like, that is so cool. You're so cool. And I walked away from the yoga studio being like, I am so cool. I am a great teacher. Like, I'm so great. And I think that um, the next time I'm having a bad day, I'm just going to call one of my best friends and be like, yo, I need you to hype me up. I nice need you to be me. my, uh, oh. I need you to pump my tires a bit. So if you're yeah. having a bad day, yeah. call someone and tell, have them pump your tires because it was a pretty good, it was, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Positivity, power, positivity, power, exactly. positivity, indeed. Um, I'll go next. My uh, my Wednesday wisdom is to be exacting, um, specifically for me, not being okay with just okay. So, <clears throat> um, in the in the past, uh, when I'm working on something for film, I've been like, well, we don't really have the time or the resources to set this up the way I want. Like this is good is good enough. Mm-hmm. And now that I do have a little bit more time to kind of set things up the way I want to, I really have leaned into being exacting and like very particular about certain things. Um, and like trusting my gut to like know that what I'm saying to people in the moment, even though it's annoying and it requires more work is going to ultimately make the better product and not caring so much about how people feel about the work, but more like just care about, uh, the work itself and, and the job itself. So be exacting. Don't be afraid to tell people exactly what you're thinking and exactly how you want things done. So that would be yeah. fine.
2: I love that. Well, it's something that's been on my mind a lot lately, especially as, um, you know, I, I do music and I'm exploring a lot of different, um, genres and, and projects. And I think the more that I dive into all these different things, the more I see, um, how liberal the word music is, Is how much how much how much it covers and how um it's how you know all music has just about all music has value you know we see these things as well this is what's good and this is what bad obviously we know there's opinions and it's all subjective but you know even the most over the top you know party 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 song if it's giving someone a good time at the club and making them forget about their desk job or you know whatever crappy thing happened a few days before or whatever it has just as much value as some you know beautiful slow ballad or whatever so just finding appreciation in every genre of music and um and and it really just opens your mind to so many more things i think it makes you an overall better musician songwriter producer to see the value in everything
1: nice yeah yeah i, like that. I can get behind mm-hmm. that too um a couple of weeks ago, one of my Wednesday wisdom uh, was to have empathy for Mm. both yourself and for clients. And so like everyone that's asking you to create something for them is looking for something in particular. And just because you have your own ideas about what art is, doesn't mean that you can't be empathetic and try to help them accomplish exactly like what they're trying to accomplish. So I can definitely get behind the the value of seeing that all music is good for, for that reason.
2: Absolutely. Something else, you know, doing writing sessions with other people and, you know, maybe they don't have the same priorities that I do as a songwriter. But I writing, collaborating, getting that outside perspective and seeing how what I may deem good or great or OK or perfect or whatever. Um, again, it's it's so subjective and having someone's idea that's, you know, not what my standard of perfection is or whatever and seeing those things do well and get a good response regardless of what I thought of this person's idea or whatever it makes me go oh well maybe maybe I should have listened maybe I shouldn't you know um, stress out too much about this kind of thing that kind of thing and just focus overall on the collaboration the creating something and at the end of the day when it's done you know there's something about refining something and and making it the best it can be but also there's a a point at which you just go, here's what it is. We created this together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's done, and then you go create something else. You know, later that day, or even the next yeah. day, or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. My sister is um, going through a project where she's making um, or she's producing a deck of kind of like tarot cards, but they're more mm. about intention setting. It's based on um, Ayurvedic principles. So you would pull a card, and then it would say something like be more mindful when you eat, this is why it's mindful, this is why it's beneficial to mind, be mindful when you eat, and Mm. you can practice this, like, anyway, she's producing this, and she just sent the final copy to be printed, and she's just like, I was up all night, because I'm so worried that I didn't give it another look over, like, I could have done, I could have done another look over, had someone else look at it, like, I know that there's going to be things that are wrong with it, and I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, you're always going to find something wrong in your projects and that's okay. And you just know that you make note of it and you change it for the next time you print your cards. Like we are always our worst critic and a dancer, uh, a choreographer once said, um, a performance is just an interruption in the rehearsal process. And I don't know if you guys can feel this way with like performing your songs live. Like, it's not i don't know if you feel that but i think with my choreography like i never feel like it's done like even when it's on stage i'm looking at it i'm like ah ah, i wish i could have tweaked that or i wish i would have changed that or Mm. and you just you just keep going
1: yeah i mean so kind of i want to circle back to something that chance said but for for anyone that's listening that doesn't know chance uh chance and i have been friends a very long time we were in a band together for almost seven years holy smokes we've been friends for a long time and Yeah, man. Uh, we played a lot of really cool shows together. We wrote, we wrote a lot of songs together. Um, but one of the things that like, kind of circling back to the songwriting process that I learned while being in a band with you was the value of the best idea wins, not my idea wins or mm. his idea wins. You know what I sure. mean? And I felt like when we were writing songs, there was always a very collaborative environment even though you usually did have the best ideas like you know like um, thanks yeah <laughs> uh, you're like i know dude i know but Stop. um yeah but also like yeah but also like uh learning that has been like a really valuable skill set for me to like let go of my ego and be like i have to get my idea out there my idea my idea because the more collaborative you are uh, like, the, e- the better the thing turns out, regardless of whose idea it was, you know, and sure. it's working with people who are all about their own ideas, I think the product ultimately kind of suffers sometimes. Yeah. Maybe not, you know, I mean, some people are geniuses, but um, in my experience, it's been that collaborative effort of, like, making the thing that's been, right. like, best idea wins, not my idea or your idea.
2: Sure. I think people who are close to collaboration, they're not necessarily doomed to fail it's not doomed to be bad i just think it's doomed to for the most part be very similar to what they last did because your brain is made up of your experiences and your thoughts and you expand on those and you create the best thing you can based on those things and without outside perspective you may always be coming up with something quote unquote good but that's why it's hard for you know a lot of solo artists to develop a different sound go outside you know as opposed to a band who's ever changing and they're always evolving and and they are working together to create a sound that is representative of their minds all put together um and then always when you know when the solo project comes out that first solo project it's always like the singer and he wrote 12 songs and mm-hmm. all 12 songs a lot of the times kind of start to sound the same you kind of can predict some of those things so um so yeah like i said even if it's great um just having fresh perspective is always healthy for creativity and I think the surprises that happen in any form of art, whether it be music, film, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's the surprises that we, we live for and that we enjoy and always keep surprising people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you've had to do a lot of collaboration, uh, recently. I was wondering if you could kind of give me like a, oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say, can we just backtrack a little bit? So you guys, um, met when, Chance was just a little boy. He was just a little baby. <laughs> he was just yeah. a little baby. Um, and you left Modesto, left mm. the band, mm-hmm. to go to school in L.A. Can you talk about why you made that decision and um, what you did at music school?
2: Yeah, so I – gosh, I was doing – I. I Started on music at probably twelve or thirteen years old. Played pretty much immediately. Started playing in bands. You know, I had a, a band that you know Corey would come out and support, and I'd go support his band. And then eventually we started the band together and whatever. Um, played at church three times a week. Would go play the camps and whatever else. And was working in uh, ministry doing music until about age twenty one, and just knew that there. You know, even though I was content. Um, I don't want to be content. I wanted to push myself. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone, get out of my home city, and I knew that if I didn't get out of my home city, there would always be a part of me that wondered, well, what if, well, what, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. and I figured, you know, I I'd rather take a <laughs> chance on those things. I'd rather stumble. I'd rather have some some financial problems or some struggles or eat top ramen for breakfast, lunch, and dinner <laughs> for a couple <laughs> of years. If I knew I could look back and go, well, I gave it my very best and I tried something and I'm proud of you know what yeah. I tried. Maybe maybe you'd look back and say, Well, here's what I learned and here's what I would have done differently. But um, yeah, that's part of life is growing and learning those things and becoming a wiser person and uh so I so that being said, I wanted to go for it. I knew that my family would support the decision more if it was if there was a school thing mm-hmm. uh involved in that as well. So i heard good things about Musicians Institute as far as networking was concerned. The general, you know, reputation of Musicians Institute is it's not Juilliard. You're not going to get the very best, you know, uh, musical education ever at Musicians Institute, but it's in Los Angeles. It's on Hollywood Boulevard. There's all kinds of people there who used to play in this band or were a part of this project or worked for this record label or whatever. And um the resources there I think are still really great. So no regrets going to Musicians Institute. I met some great people, got some great opportunities through that. But um, you know, during that whole Time there, I got super lucky and got asked to play on tour with this band, The Cab. That was just literally like lightning striking. A friend of a friend <laughs> knew somebody who was going on tour and said, "Hey, I know this guy, and they're going on tour with Maroon Five, and they need a guitar player." And it was just a total lucky, crazy thing that happened. So, um, so yeah, that that's kind of in the middle. You know, ed- the education goes uh, two quarters on or three quarters or something, and then tour with the Cab for a year. Crazy whirlwind of a a ride, and then back to <laughs> going to school again. For and a you bit, were on tour. To that education. You were on yeah.
1: tour with Maroon Five. Yeah. You weren't. Yeah. You. Yeah. The cab did a world tour with Maroon Five. I remember. So I think Connor got married, and then that following weekend, you were like flying to the first rehearsal or something. Yeah. And I yeah. remember dropping you off at the airport, and like after you left, when we got back in the car, like I had tears in my eyes because I was just like so proud. Mm-hmm i was like dude like he's doing the thing it's like i it was like i mean it was a very we have a picture of it i think i've had on my instagram but like oh i mean that was like kind of this like mental spark for me because i was just like so proud and i think we were planning on moving to new york at the time Hmm. no not when connor was getting married no connor's my brother for those yeah sorry connor's your brother (laughs) yeah so anyways but i just remember being like what like what am i doing like what but it was like a very inspiring thing and i was like holy smokes um yeah so thank you man
2: i appreciate that basically it was like okay we're doing a a month in the states a headlining tour and then we have like two weeks off and then world tour with maroon five we're we're the only other band other than maroon five we're direct support so, yeah, I actually had to fly. We were doing our uh, headlining tour. I actually had to miss a date to fly home for my brother's wedding. I missed one date. So I played a show that night, red eye to, I think, San Francisco, and then took a puddle jumper, you know, yeah. five, five-person five hang glider to Modesto <laughs> from San Francisco. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, and then, Corey, Corey, I think you drove me right back. I, I mean, I think it, maybe I got a couple hours of sleep after the wedding, and then Corey yeah. drove me back the next morning to see me off. We've always had that, that close of a friendship. So, um, yeah. so yeah, that, that, was, that was crazy. And you know, looking back, it was very, you know, I don't know, flash flash in the pl- flash in the pan is the right phrase for it. But it was like a lot really fast. And, yeah. Um, and then I haven't toured since then. That was in 2012. Yeah. It's yeah. 2019 now. So that was a while ago, but. experience of a lifetime, you know, got to see a bunch of places. We were all over Asia and Australia and stuff. But um, after that, coming home, it was a lot of, well, it's right. Let's work on music. Let's keep, you know, release some music myself from there. But um, started a band with my brothers shortly afterwards. We hit the YouTube scene hard. But no matter what I was doing, if it was with the cab, if it was on my own, if it was with my brothers, I always found myself behind a computer recording and never, never satisfied it was always like, why don't my vocals sound right? Why don't, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, for like five years, I would say, it was just constant, like, working on stuff and getting more passionate about it. And <clears> when <throat> you would find that YouTube video that would really help or open up your eyes to something or whatever, you'd go, oh, and you'd just learn that new thing and feel so much better and look back at your old stuff. Like, man, I'm so much better now. This is so exciting. And really, it became clear to me the more I did that that my love of music... Um, was kind of more of a big picture kind of love of music. It wasn't necessarily about I want to do this one performance here or I want to write this lyric and this melody here. It was big picture. It was how does this fit into what the artist is trying to create, whether it's me or somebody else. Sonically, what's going on that, that catches my ear, what kind of ear candy is going on. And I right. think that stuff was always there, there inside of me, but I had always manifested it in the form of, well, let me start this band, and this is going to be our sound, and these are the tones we're going to use, and whatever. So I think from the beginning it was always producer brain, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But
0: yeah, you've always had a producer brain. I remember okay. going to, rehearse like, uh, rehearsals or practices with you guys when you were in the band, and just watching you like one choreograph the music but like also choreograph movement Yeah, like for live performances you've always <laughs> yeah. you've always thought of everything and like well maybe maybe we should have you know this kind of clothes and you're definitely a, a big picture kind of guy thank
2: yeah thank you yeah and t- to me in that scene at that time i i mean i don't know if that was what people actually did and it was that kind of effort but i remember asking somebody even back then you know i was i was 18 years old going What's a producer? Why does a band need a producer? Oh, the yeah. producer, they pick the sounds and they help the songs come together. And I'm sitting there going, no, that's what, the, that's what the band does, right? The band chooses where the 808 comes in and the band chooses which tones you want and which microphones. And, and the producer just kind of is behind the computer helping execute it. Is that what I <laughs> understand? But really, um, you know, the more and more I learned about it and the more bands I've seen and the more processes I've seen, the more it really takes an outside objective person to help someone realize a vision and maybe point out the where the holes are. Hey, this mm-hmm. this is not consistent with what you guys are going for. And hey, this would be more effective if you did it this way. Some producers go the super poppy pop uh, route with that. As far as this isn't short enough, radio is never going to play this, and they just you know are are crazy about that kind of stuff all day long. Um, for me I like to try to approach that stuff from just the observation of human nature and what I mean by that is you know people say a song has to be this short or it can't be this long or it can be um, this poppy or this style or whatever what I've learned and you could basically apply this to every single successful song ever is that figuring out where It sits with people, figuring out what about it um, triggers something in their human nature to give them interest in that thing is what makes it a hit. Not necessarily because it was under three and a half minutes. A lot of times it is because it's under three and a half minutes because that's how long people's attention spans are. But if you listen to something like Bohemian Rhapsody, which is six and a half minutes, Hmm. that song is still very, very interesting. It still appeals to people's human nature. And I think you can, again, just look at the appeal to someone's human nature at every single song that's ever been successful and and find the reason why it was successful no matter how long it is what style it is yeah whatever which is what makes pop music so eclectic there's hip hop there's dance there's rock you know it's all pop music it's all just you know who yeah. who's found that new secret thing that's like caught people's attention and caught their ear
1: right yeah well, I want to I kind of move into that, uh, and I was going to mention this earlier, but um, I was wondering if you could walk us through kind of, you, you signed a contract recently, um, I was wondering if you could kind of walk me through what it was like to uh, go through that process and maybe like just, you know, very quickly tell, tell us kind of what happened and how that whole Disney thing kind of happened.
2: Sure. So basically, the more and more I was doing production and the band with my brothers and whatnot, um, even producing for other people, I just felt like I really wanted to get better. So long story short, after a lot of cold emailing and a lot of hustling and a lot of bugging people and you know being the, the squeaky wheel, so to speak, um, I finally landed an internship with a guy named Mitch Allen, who's um, still a very, very close friend of mine. We work very closely together partners you know more or less in a way though he's definitely the alpha in that uh, studio (laughs) kind of relationship um but he basically you know i i did a lot of work for him around the studio he took me under his wing he taught me basically you know everything that i know everything that's helped me progress in the last couple years as a producer and part of the deal was you know I'm, I'm going to teach you these things. you got to help me around the studio. And eventually, when your songs and your production is in a good enough place, we're going to sign you a publishing deal, which, for those of you who don't know, basically means um, they they buy my right to distribute the songs, more or less. So whoever the publishing company is, I happen to sign with Disney. Basically... Half of the song, half of the money that comes in for that song has to do with the distribution of it. And the other half has to just do with the intellectual property, the lyrics, the melodies, kind of how it exists in the ether. Whereas the publishing side is a little more of like, we get to decide how the song gets put out. We don't have to, you know, the the publishing belongs to them. So basically Mitch eventually walked me in. We had the meeting with Disney. Um, I signed the publishing deal with them. Um, i won't get too much into the details about it but basically they bring the opportunities the more cool. money that i make the more money they make so they want to give me all the best opportunities and they want me to just be super successful um, so we're building it it's still you know kind of a slow process it's just like you know building a brand building a business very similar to all those things but it's my my sound it's my production it's my yeah. songwriting that that is the brand so uh, but it's been great so far i've really enjoyed it
1: do you feel like in a way that you, like, leveled up and had to start from the bottom again?
2: Absolutely. But, you know, it's uh, – it's ni- you know what? <laughs> now that you mention it, I don't think I've ever felt more that way than I did signing. Maybe moving to Los Angeles would be the other sure. one. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, L- Los Angeles, you're you're extremely, you know, leveling up and leveling down hundred
1: dude that's how it is in new york yeah, yeah. You, you're
2: you're moving no place with a freaking i don't know how many people live in los angeles a, a trillion there's a trillion <laughs> people here and <laughs> and there's a lot of really bad musicians and actors and mm-hmm. whatever and that's why it's you know it's rough it can eat people alive but i kind of came into it expecting that and knowing that yeah. um so that was that was an experience unto itself but um you know, it never really bothered me. You know, it's it's a bit of a rat race, but it never bothered me. But signing to Disney was very like, all right, now we're. I definitely felt like now you're in the major leagues. Now you're in the NFL. But you know, I I just got drafted. I'm still the third yeah. string, right? Yeah. You know, kicker. Yeah. For the yeah. Yeah. for, the, for uh, you know, I don't know what football team Disney would be equivalent to. The Dolphins, <laughs> I don't know the dolphins Um, (laughs) sony is the raiders yeah i don't know i'm sure we could draw (laughs) draw all kinds of comparisons um and you said that
0: mitch was the one who introduced you to disney
2: yeah mitch actually um mitch wrote that song 1985 for bowling for soup i don't know if you remember that song
0: 1985
2: that's right so he wrote that song and kind of from there that kind of you know, he, he's had several other big hits since then, but he kind of got in this Disney thing for a little while because that Bowling for Soup sound kind of became the sound of Disney for all the Jonas Brothers, Demi Lovato, Camp Rock yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so he's had a good relationship with Disney because they, you know, they had him doing a lot of those songs. I think he worked on Camp Rock, and I think he did some Hannah Montana stuff and whatever. So he's got a great relationship with Disney, and he walked me right into the office, and, and he believed in... You know, he believed in me. He believed in what he that was must presenting have felt to really good. He, it did feel really good because when you're in the studio, it's a lot of, this isn't, this isn't right. This needs to be changed. That snare sounds dated. You need to update this sound. Yeah, the, the mix is muddy. And then you go into that office, and he's going, Chantry's awesome. You need to sign him, or you're an idiot. <laughs> Listen to this song. And play this song. I mean, he was like really going to bat for me, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And you know, um when someone's in that position, I understand you don't want to give someone this false sense that they're doing really, really good when they're really not. So I appreciate him being hard on me when he needs to be. And, you know, because we still have that relationship. He still goes in on me about (laughs) a lot of those things. Um, But, you know, I I love that. And before I even started working with him, I said, I want someone who is going to go to bat for me and be there for me, but also someone who's not going to lie to me or keep me from progressing. And I really think that you know, working with Mitch, I really think he was the perfect person to do that for me, to push me, to not go easy on me, but also to like be there for me as a friend and as someone who's going to go to bat for me. I hear about a lot of guys who they intern for a producer or something, and they bas- the producer basically uses them. Hey, get me coffee. Hey, tune mm-hmm, these vocals right. for me. Hey, yeah. y- you-, you produce this track so that I can take credit for it and make money off of it. And then they never help their assistant advance in their career it's kind of just a crappy and then when they get tired of it they find somebody else who's hungry and they go oh my gosh you you produced this song i'll do anything you want i'll get your coffee and they kind of just abuse people one person at a time to get free labor basically um so I'm, i'm glad that i'm not in that position i feel very thankful and i
0: also think it's it's um i think it also has to do with how good of a worker you are how talented you are and how persistent you are i don't i don't think and i think i'm sure mitch saw that in you and was like yeah i'm not going to use this guy as a coffee a coffee boy like he's he's talented i'm going to use him as you mentioned he took you under his wing or he took you under yeah okay i said that right yeah you got it right (laughs) um yeah i wanted to ask you about um so you were touring with the cab and then the cab kind of fizzled More or less. Yeah, sure. So I wanted to know how you felt when that was fizzling. Yeah. Because it seemed like, oh my gosh, you had this dream of yours, touring, playing music. This is it. And then, rut row, no, it's not. And then I also wanted to hear you talk about how how, how the Johnson brothers, or how the Johnsons came about, and why you guys decided to take a turn and you you like built this amazing community all these fans you crushed it on youtube and then it seemed to have like stopped
2: yeah yes it's it's a lot I think music no matter how I feel like no matter how successful you are music your music career always fizzles even if it's something where you play even if it's not to be morbid but even if it's death you know what i mean like it it all ends people mm-hmm. have their that even people on the top of the top of the top of the charts eventually aren't on the top of the top of the charts even the yeah. greatest rock band of all time the beatles um it, they're not in the hot 100 unless it's like beatles week or something or you know, <laughs> um <laughs> unless yeah, everything they release comes a, to an uh, end yeah 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 absolutely so um you know, for me, it was more like stepping stones. It was like, okay, The Cab, this is really great. I'm playing with this band, but it's not my baby. It's not my music. This would be a great platform for me to make some of my own music, send that around to people. Um, so playing on the stages was cool, but by no means did it um, fulfill that, like, I want to be a name. I want to release records and have people show up for my music everywhere and sing my songs all around the world. Um it wasn't really that. It was like I got to play some cool shows. I got to travel, do a lot of cool things. But it, it wouldn't be unlike just being a hired gun for Carrie Underwood or being a hired gun yeah. for CeeLo or, you know, whoever. <clears throat> um. So it, it was never like – like it was a lot of fun, but it was never like this high where I was like I never want this to end. It was always like, yeah. oh, this is a great stepping stone to the next thing. So then it was making music for myself and doing a solo project and, you which, know. We, which we,
0: we failed to mention – Yes. Your song is what um is our intro and outro music. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I love that. Yeah. Um Yeah, Call whenever you like is our intro music. Uh, that's
2: the the Johnson's uh I think it's our latest. <laughs> I think that was our last single we put out, Call. Yeah. It. It's um, such a cool song. Thank you very much. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. But basically when you're doing a solo project like that and you don't have a label or a management or whatever, it's just like you are doing everything, even something mm, as simple yeah. as filming a YouTube video. It's like, all right, let me light this myself, put a camera on a tripod. I have to buy all these things, and mm-hmm. then I have to do it myself, and then do a take and hope that it came out okay. And you know, you're spending long days trying to create content, and at the end of the day, you're still covering somebody else's song in your studio apartment in mm-hmm. downtown Hollywood or whatever. Um, so it was, it was crappy feeling alone in that. That was a, that was a hard time for making music and and trying to get connected more with other people and trying to use um some of what we had accomplished with the cab to um yeah which kind of worked it was good to be able to reach out to ap magazine or pure volume or whatever and say hey i'm putting out some new music on the guitars for the cab but i have a new ep coming out check it out and got some features and stuff that way but again ultimately it was like completely alone in that yeah. endeavor. Yeah. So when my younger brother moved to Los Angeles, it was like, well, why don't we do a brother's band thing? It's the three of us. We're, I think, 23, 24, and 25 at this point, all just right in a row. But it's like, well, maybe the three of us together. Connor does photo and video stuff, and my older brother Clayton has a lot of great connections. He plays guitar and sings. So I'm like, all let right, right, let's, let's do this thing. So we decided from the beginning we didn't want to do the van thing. <laughs> we didn't want to pile into yeah. a stinky van and drive forever to play one show that didn't pay, way 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 too far away. We said the internet is here, people are connected. Let's let our first tour be in a tour bus. Let's not right. do let's not do the van thing. Realistically, maybe that doesn't happen. But a good a good way to to visualize that goal was let's let's not tour until we've done so well on the internet that we can just go straight from the internet to tour bus that was the idea behind well you guys have like that point
1: but don't you guys have like a hundred you have like a hundred thousand subscribers on youtube
2: we we have a hundred thousand subscribers on youtube it was great to do the cover game um like i said it was very efficient because my brother my older brother had a lot of connections that helped make stuff happen find the right people to help us make those videos happen find the right locations Uh, my younger brother has a lot of photo and video skills i would do all the music um sometimes we literally just be like playing live sometimes we'd be you know pre-recording something and singing along to it like a live performance almost more like a music video really depended on the video yeah but um you know we we had a couple that that did really well i will say I, I don't know. I haven't been in the YouTube scene for a while, but I think the best thing for us w- at the time was that a lot of artists wouldn't allow audio of their songs on YouTube. Mm. So, our, our big video, I say big, it's like 2 million views, um, was our cover of Four or Five Seconds, the Kanye West Rihanna song, because it didn't exist on YouTube. We actually got together to do the song Love Me Like You Do by Ellie Goulding that day. And then, like that morning or the night before or something, Rihanna and Kanye dropped that song. And we're like, well, let's do this one. This one's a hot new thing. I bet if we're the first to it, you know, maybe we'll get a lot of the views. So we made sure to rush to get it done. And almost like overnight, we got like 60,000 views just because. Because of the work that Rihanna and Kanye had put into their careers. We were like <laughs> the benefits yeah. of the work they had put in. And people were, you know, it was, it. to be honest, it was a little bit before streaming was what it is now. Because, you know, we think about streaming. Like, yeah, we, we got streaming. But really, four years ago, it wasn't quite, you know, we didn't. I, I think it was before Apple Music. I'm not sure when Apple Music came out. I think it was just I think Spotify. it was before it Apple Music. It was definitely
0: music. before, yeah, Apple before, before...
2: Yeah. So um yeah, so that was a little bit a little bit crazy but yeah we, we got to uh, and, and I think they've kind of given up on that a little bit as far as YouTube I think they go well let's just make sure we put out a lyric video and we monetize it and we make the money off of it and let's right. make sure we c- put a couple interruptions in the song so it doesn't discourage people from uh, yeah, so people don't go oh I'll just listen to it on YouTube I don't know if you've yeah. noticed that but almost every music video now has like three or four interruptions of just like 15 seconds of silence or like someone just talking or really right. obnoxious noise I, th- I truly think it's like a deterrent from listening on YouTube and. St- instead of like paying for Spotify and them getting yeah. your money for it. Um, so I, I don't know if it would be as easy now, but that basically became the goal was like, let's create songs that may not be on YouTube. And it still st- honestly surprised me quite a bit how interested people are in other people's versions of these yeah. songs. To me, it never really interested me unless it was an artist I really, really liked covering a song. I really, really liked. Yeah, um, But the amount of interest in alternate versions. Even if you look at the sales for the Glee uh album soundtrack, I mean those were Yeah. Glee like broke records for <clears throat> they did. how how well the songs did. and these were just versions of other people's yeah. songs. So it's it's crazy. But I, I, I was thankful for the amount of people who were interested in hearing our versions of the songs.
1: Yeah. How has that helped you and I guess we can kind of pivot into the creative process. How has that helped you with your creative like process now? How do you approach songwriting both for other people and i mean and i guess if you're writing for other people it's also you writing for yourself um do you try to maintain some type of integrity with the type of songs you write do you dive into the person and the character and the background feeling or is it more of like kind of this like this magical potion that kind of presents itself to you well i mean to me it's
2: art and i think i went with this thing i think in my mind i put music in this category of like when you're an artist and when you make music it is exactly what's on your heart and your mind and it's only your favorite type of sounds and everything that you are and that's your artist project and that's what you put into it and anything other than that is like not legitimate and not that's not a good artist when in reality what i've seen is that you know CeeLo Green loves heavy metal music really? but but <laughs> he has this understanding of like I'm making music for a living and I also love pop, doo-wop, or experimental hip-hop kind of sounds and those are the things that I'm going to pursue in my career. I, I, I don't know if he actually has a metal project or not, but he expressed it once in an interview that he wanted to like make metal. But I always think about him because I think about how diverse my interest in music is. I think about, like sometimes in the car, I'm just listening to film scores. I'm just listening to John Williams mm-hmm. or I'm listening to video game soundtracks or whatever. I just really enjoy it. So does it make me less of, I mean, if, if I were to enjoy that the most, would I be less, would I have less integrity creating a hip hop song? Would I have less integrity creating a pop song? Well, no, because I also love hip hop and I also yeah love pop. Yeah. Um, the cool thing about working with Disney is there are opportunities for A lot of those things, you know, I get a lot of, you know, basically how it works is they'll reach out and say, hey, we need a song for this TV show. It needs to be this many seconds long. It needs to be in this style. And if it's something that I'm interested in, which it almost always is, um, then I'm into doing it. Or They say this kind of artist is looking for this kind of thing. Um, I do it because I love all I, I love almost all genres and styles there's a couple of things where i'm like i'm not really interested in that i don't necessarily want to do that anything that's kind of got that more acoustic-y mumford and sons yeah kick 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 (laughs) kick drum kind of thing i'm not particularly interested in i think it's probably because i played in worship bands for so long like just the basic five-piece band (laughs) is kind of just boring to me compared to you know as a producer looking at synthesizers and going, Ooh, what's that sound? How did they get that? How did they sample this and whatever? That to me is what gets me excited. Um, and so pretty much everything they've thrown at me is something that has interested me. And I think knowing that you don't have to pick, um, just there's so much joy in it and you maintain your integrity and you know, as long as you are doing what you love Um, you're maintaining your integrity. It doesn't have to be the super, like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be the super emotional song. It doesn't have to be super serious. There's just as much musical integrity uh, in someone like a Weird Al who just likes to make people laugh as there is in a a Kanye West, as there is in, I mean, maybe there's not the same musical theory knowledge as you know what a Mozart would be, but Mozart giving someone joy listening in the car um, has this exact same amount of purpose and validity in the world as a totally mindless pop dance sure. track whatever. Um so and I get to do a little bit of it all and I enjoy all of it and I don't do anything I don't want to do but like I said there are very few things that I pass up on cuz I I truly love so many genres and have so well, much fun doing it.
1: Dude that's so that's so good cuz you're also like very good at writing different styles. I mean I've heard you're like I mean, in particular, like you're you're not a drummer, but the way that you like produce drums is like really cool. I know you just worked on the new Avril Lavigne song, which is amazing. Yeah. Um. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, I I, I yeah, I can hear, and at least in the stuff, the recent stuff I've heard, it's like you're you're you, you. I wouldn't be surprised to see you up on a Grammy stage at some point. So I'm waiting. For, you, I'm looking friend. forward to that day. Thank um, you. Um. Yeah. For sure. Uh. I want to uh just ask um where do you see yourself now like what's your next kind of like what are you hoping to accomplish in the next like five years as you as you continue to work with disney and write songs for people like is there like i would love to do this kind of a thing for you
2: um i my life goal and this may not be a next five years thing i personally saw this as more of like next 15 years kind of thing um my life goal is to write a Broadway musical, and you and I have talked about oh. this. You and I have talked about this. You, you and I have talked about musical, the musical, <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah. Just you know, the ideas for oh, what if we did that? What if we did a musical within a musical? What if we did a musical <laughs> about Walmart? What if we did a musical about? It? Um, just because, for me, someone who likes music and someone who likes arranging and production and whatever, it's just like, it's it's every art form. It's dance. It's it's music. It's visual. Yeah. It's and it's live and it's exciting to me. Um, yeah. part of me believes, uh, my girlfriend, Michelle, and I talk about it all the time. Like maybe, maybe New York is in our future for a short time. If you know, <laughs> well, it, or, or even a, I said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, cool. dude,
1: I don't know if I told you, I'm working with the producer for be more chill that just premiered oh, wow. on Broadway.
2: That's right. You were telling me that that's awesome. I have a buddy yeah. who's in uh, King Kong on Broadway right now, which I think nice. is really cool. I don't, I haven't what, heard much. I've seen a couple pictures, do? but he's like, I want to say he's the, um, we call it the understudy for the lead, I think. That's oh, cool. Shit. Wow. The lead being I have a, a couple
0: of friends on that show, too. Oh, that's but amazing. But they're dancers, yeah.
2: The, the lead, not not King Kong is the lead, but whoever the yes. lead <laughs> male person is yeah. on there. Nice. But, um, yeah. so yeah, I, I would love to come out there and see it. The tricky thing about theater is that it's so hard to consume because if you're not in New York and you're not making, I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but if you're not making bank and living in New York. Yeah. You're not seeing many shows.
1: But yeah, I have cool. people oh. that I can thing. connect you with that are well connected that that are also in the union. Also, uh, Nathan wants to write a musical too and we oh my I gosh. think we Tell have on the call. Me. Yeah. I think I, we have the I right team thinking... to sit down and, and talk about it at least. And Nathan and I are going to be in LA this summer. So maybe yeah. we start to talk. All right. About you
2: guys. I was thinking about that. You guys heard it here first. You heard it here yep. first. You
0: heard
1: it here first. Musical the musical
0: coming to Broadway 2021, 2030. 2030. Okay. Mark your
2: calendars. Yeah. Yeah. It takes uh, we're It gonna... takes time.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: I. Fuck. I totally forgot what I was going to say. Um but I wanted to – oh, okay, so you um, – two things. You can make music. I remember when um, uh, Mean Girls, when the, when the Mean Girls soundtrack oh, came yeah. out. Yeah. It yeah. was like it was a big deal. So there that is a way that people – and like Hamilton, like the Hamilton soundtrack was huge, and they've done other things since yeah. Hamilton came yeah. out. So that's another way now that it's so much easier to share music. That is another way that Broadway musicals can have a wider audience, whether you see the show or not, you can still be connected to it. Like, I haven't seen the show um, Dear Evan Hansen, but I am obsessed with the soundtrack. soundtrack. Yeah, I love that. Obsessed with it.
2: And I love musicals that have the story in the songs, um, because you feel like you can experience it even just listening to the soundtrack. I think a Mm Lin-Manuel Miranda type of career would be an awesome career to have. He does a little acting, he does some musical theater writing, he gets to write more music it's kind of you know scratches his pop hip-hop and theater itches all at once i think he's 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 doing his thing it's it's cool to see him succeed doing that
0: yeah
1: well you're well on your way bud uh the other thing
0: that i was gonna say is that you mentioned your girlfriend and you guys um you before we started you said that you guys were working together what is it like because i've worked with Corey many times um but it takes a certain couple to be able to work together, especially creatively, especially creatively. Um, How does, how do you guys, how do you work together? Um, What happens if you disagree on something?
2: You know, this sounds very odd. I don't mean it to sound um, conceited in any any way, but I (laughs) feel like, I feel like the intelligence level of the couples is a huge factor. I believe that two... (laughs) I believe that, two. you don't even have to be talented. You just have to, like, be smart enough to know, like, this is work. This is our relationship. This is where this starts, and this is where this ends. And when this person said this, e- even just in our relationship, aside from working, she's one of the smartest people I know, and that's what I love about our relationship is we can figure things out because we can speak each other's language. We can mm-hmm. come at each other level-headed if in an intelligent way. We're not throwing out, th- you know... There's not a whole lot of fallacious reasoning in, in our art, in our personal relationship. So even when those conflicts happen in the creative atmosphere, um, you know, e- even as two creative people, we can come to, well, you think this, I think this. Let's see. Let's get another opinion or let's consult, uh, you know, whoever the A&R is or, you know, whatever it is. Um, we're approaching it very intellectually. And then how that translates to our relationship is approached very intellectually Mm -hmm. as well so it's not without its um, confrontations it's not without its uh, you know troubles or whatever but I I think if you are with the right person if you're with a level-headed intelligent person who can work through those things with you whether it be art relationship both um, I think you can do it and I really enjoy doing it and having someone along the journey and someone who understands it's like a a whole different level of closeness as I'm sure you guys have experienced
1: Yeah. yeah that's cool that's really cool
0: and unique to you that's different to us is that we have collab collaborated on a lot of different things but since you guys are both in the music scene you guys can like essentially like always work together Uh, which i think is really another unique thing it's just really great that you guys have can have a healthy relationship in Creativity and outside of creativity.
2: There's that couple. Uh, I think the Lopez's, Robert Lopez and I, f- I forget what his wife's name is, but they wrote the music for Frozen. Yeah. And they have a couple other really big things. Oh, they've yeah. Done. I think I think he did Avenue Q and he worked on Mormon Book of Mormon. Doesn't he
1: have a double EGOT or something? He dude. He
2: does. He's like the first person yeah. to have a double Emmy, Grammy, that's crazy. Oscar, Tony. But I, t- I look at them and I'm like, that's the dream right there. A couple young. <laughs> I mean, I think they're pretty. I think they're under forty. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. A double EGOT winner. insane. Um, but they're writing that's Disney silly. you know, they're writing Disney original musicals and stuff like that. I just think that's so cool and they're doing it together and I'm like that's that's the dream right there is have a, a yeah. musical yeah. family. And watching their Instagram is like watching T V with the guitar in hand. You know? Yeah. I'm like, ah, that's the dream right there. So I, oh, think, I that, think I think that'd be cool. Well I think we gotta you get you coming, guys 20, I think we gotta get you guys out here 31. because <laughs> if
1: nothing else I can introduce you to people that are actually writing and composing for Broadway So I'm gonna make that happen yeah. I love that I love a yeah. little bit
2: of everything Like I said Pop Hip-hop Broadway Well scoring. that's kind
1: of what be More, be More Chill is It's like Very video game Like early 90s That's you right know? So That's awesome Yeah I love that. Yeah uh, let's, uh, let's wrap this up What was the Funny So we do uh, What was the funniest thing That happened to you this week It could be a throwback If you have one Or what was the most Embarrassing thing That happened to you <laughs> This week, I
0: just thought of something that <laughs> that could be embarrassing for Chance if he doesn't <laughs> think of something.
2: Oh my gosh! From this week or just from life? No, it's, it's a this throwback. Is, this is a
1: throwback. throwback. Um, I don't know if I have anything super. Im- embarrassing uh, that I've done this week? You
0: can do a throwback. Is there anything stupid or embarrassing that happened when you guys were on tour? Or
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, what was embarrassing <laughs> is when, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of them. <laughs>
2: I'm just nodding, quiet, yeah.
1: smiling. Yeah, I think there was one trip that we were on where I had to pee. I always have to pee. I'm just in a constant state of having to pee, and I ended up peeing in a bottle and trying to dump it out the window, but it all splashed back on me, and everyone like wouldn't talk to me or touch me after that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you that have any embarrassing things that, that I did? Solid.
2: You know what? Uh, I'm trying to think. As far as recently for myself, there's nothing because I'm usually just locked inside a studio. Nothing to be embarrassed <laughs> about when you're by yourself. Yeah. a lot of the day. But I'm enjoying myself. But um, I mean, tour. There's a million stories. I'm curious what Alex's story is. Go, go <laughs> ahead. I give you free reign to. <laughs> embarrassing for chance. Embarrassing yeah. for me.
0: I mean, I wasn't there. I just remember I heard about it when you guys came back. So you'll have to. <laughs> fill in the blanks um but essentially you had to throw out your underwear and or wash, wash your underwear i thought that's where this was
2: i thought that's where this was going i think i think it was just a uh, you know one of those were <laughs> in the van a long time chipotle that that wasn't that wasn't what i thought i was pushing out kind of uh <laughs> moments so we had to pu- i mean we were in the middle of nowhere yeah. absolutely nowhere. We couldn't have pulled over if we wanted to. I think we found a bridge, like a, a small overpass for like a creek and it was th- four, four feet tall over the water, which means on the land it was only like three feet tall. So I think I like went under the bridge, finished my business. I don't think we had toilet paper so I think I had to use my underwear <laughs> to wipe and then just threw it in. Threw, I was like, do I throw this in the water or do I throw it just off? I'll, I'll probably throw it in the water. At least it'll kind of maybe decompose yeah. slash clean itself instead of just letting this sit here i don't know who was ever gonna find it or what was ever gonna happen to it or whatever but then i just came back com- commando <laughs> and on our way so yeah that being said any opportunity i get to go to the bathroom whether or not i have to go i now just go I me just too I i'm just the same way myself it's just a life lessons, i go a baby. lot but it's it's a life lesson you know those are the younger days but when you're Coming up on thirty, it's like, all right, no more, no more bridge fiascos. Let's just take, let's just be an adult. Take
1: care of this. That's funny. Um, what about you? Anything embarrassing?
0: Um, I don't think so. I think this. Um, I was a, not. It wasn't stupid. It just wasn't the smartest decision I made. Um, I I sprained my ankle a few weeks ago, and so I've been trying to to rehab it. And, um, I just pushed myself. I was demoing a movement in, uh, during one of my CrossFit classes and I knew, I thought to myself, Alex, don't do this. It is not going to feel good. You are not ready to do this jump. <laughs> um, but I did it anyway. And after I was like, fuck, that really hurt. I, re- that was stupid
1: stupid or embarrassing and it's like i clearly i
0: clearly could have told someone hey can you demo this burpee box jump because i know that it's gonna hurt me like i don't know why i had to yeah so i was really dumb (laughs) yeah the funniest the the funniest
1: thing that happened to us this week happened last night when uh (laughs) so i bought two new pillows recently that alex like refused to use she's like these are too stiff like i'm not gonna use these i would never use these and so I've spent the last, like, three months breaking these pillows in for myself. You know, I'm sleeping on them, getting them, like, yes. nice and, like, broken in. And um, But she's been very adamant about, like, not using my pillows. She's like, I don't like these. I don't like these. And then last night, I'm like, uh, I said, um, yo, you have my pillow. No,
0: no, you. I'm sorry. You said, um, I have your pillows for you. And if you <laughs> could imagine, I was... Snuggled up, I had my pillow. She was, I was all so set. comfortable, and I said, No, I have everything I need. <laughs>
1: She's like, I have everything I need. So I was left with her, like, bunk ass pillows.
2: <laughs> After he put in all that work of laying, on, rolling around on them <laughs>
0: for was, you. It was just such a nice way of saying, Give me my pillows. Me my oh, pillow. I have your pillows. And then I said, I, No, I'm I have good. everything I need. <laughs> it no, was really fun. I'm good,
2: so. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes, my friend. That's yeah. just how it goes. Anything
1: anything funny happened to you recently or, or a throwback? If you have something funny about me, I'm happy to hear that. But You know
2: what, man? Um, come to think of it, I've been doing a lot of K pop for fun lately. Yeah. Uh-huh. And K pop is like really, really high energy production. But the fun part is that if they like the melodies in the production, someone else is gonna write brand new lyrics in Korean or, you know, Japanese if the Japanese market takes it. Or whatever, if J pop wants it. Um, so the songs are, let's see, the songs I've written so far are, uh, one's called Love Emergency, which is just kind of a funny, ridiculous name. One is called Cookie Dough, and it's just all <laughs> about cookie dough, and, and she, wants <laughs> the, she wants the cookie dough, and, uh, and it's just so ridiculous. And then after that, we were like, my writing partner and I we were like, what, what's, what's next? What do you do after cookie dough? He's like, cake batter, of course. So then we yeah. wrote a song called, oh, nice. called Cake Batter, and it's just about if it sings good. Cookie dough, cake batter—it's just the the consonants just make it so easy to to write batter, 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 um, those kind of <laughs> So we've had a we've had a lot of fun. Those are probably the most fun sessions I've ever done in my life. Is just coming up with ridiculous lyrics because it's all the same. Yeah. You, know, you could you could write serious lyrics if you want. You could probably actually pitch it to some american artists as well if you did that but we just go let's just go full k-pop and just write whatever <laughs> the heck we want to write and make this really fun that's, um, awesome. so that's that's been a pretty funny fun experience i'll let you guys know if something comes out i'll i'll, I'll let you know what the original lyrics are and and yeah we can, yeah. We can laugh at these, these pop bands putting out these massive songs to tens of thousands of screaming fans and yeah the original lyric was i'm gonna give you that cookie dough <laughs> that <was the> original. <laughs> i love it i that's,
0: love it that's definitely going back to getting in not being able to get mm-hmm. into a genre i am not a fan of k-pop Ooh, i cannot get into I
1: love, it i love k-pop he loves <laughs> the k-pop. so much fun yeah, yeah i bet it is
0: it's definitely fun i understand that and i can see that but listening on an everyday life
1: yeah, nah. <laughs> it's,
2: I think it's my I think it's my producer A D D excitement you know overstimulation. Totally.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Of course, yeah. It's probably fun and new. It's totally fun and that...
2: new. I'm sure people who have just been inundated with it forever just absolutely hate it and they just want to listen to some you know Damien Rice or some like <laughs> you know some, some Bonnie Vare or something like that. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but for me it's new. It's fun and uh, I don't have it, I don't have any hits in the K-pop market yet, but we're we're aiming for it. I'm I'm hoping this year.
1: Nice. Yes. yes well, sir. dude, uh, I'm I'm so freaking proud of you. Uh, yes. I love you so much. Um, can't wait to see you this summer. I'm going to be out in L.A. Uh, at definitely at some point. Um, if people want to find you or your work, where can they where can they find you at? Uh, probably Instagram
2: is the best place to get in touch with me, as it is with everybody. I'm Chance Chantry. That's C H A N C E, C H A N T R Y. Take a chance, and then Chantry, my real name. Nice. At chance Chantry. There you go beautiful
0: and if people want to find any of your music or the Johnsons music
2: you know what there aren't current oh well I guess if you go to Apple music or Spotify and look Spotify. up the Johnsons yeah. you'll you'll find us um, and then the cab is on there of course as well and uh, I'm not sure I think my Chantry stuff may still be up on there but uh, all good there, stuff there's there's no there's no current great website there's no current IMDB for music to just mm-hmm. kind of point people to but it's yeah. uh, I think someone's working on it right now. So. Yeah,
1: ah, that's the next. Uh, dude, I'm at, on I am I am on IMDb all the time.
0: Well, yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
2: I love it. I can't wait till there's a one for music up and running. I could see everybody's credits and just
1: Speaking of which, I it. love that at the Grammys this year they're actually not just saying like song of the year Drake, it's like Drake and then all the people that wrote the song. I feel like that's a very cool yeah. thing that they're doing. <laughs> I think because
2: of technology, I think where we are today, I think they're it, it's easier for people to give credit to the writers. The more information we have and the more information we can share, the more people see how important the producers yeah. are, the writers, um, all the people behind the scenes that haven't gotten credit before now getting credit. Even producers being the artist, I think that's super cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. me too. I love well, that. dude, thank you so much for taking some time out with us. I, I, I friggin' love you. I can't wait to see you. Um, anything
0: else? That's all. I love you and I'm proud of you.
1: I love you, I you guys
2: too. Thanks for having me. Until next time.
0: Thank you. All right, my guy. I'm stealing conversation. It's about to go down. I'm feeling your vibrations all the way across town.
1: I'm
2: eating You can phone me, girl. You know me. Only want to hear a different tone.
1: I know somewhere quiet we can go.